Hey everyone, it's John Otterstead, Bobby Darren, Scarlet Nation podcast. It is unbelievable, folks. It feels like just yesterday when Rutgers was out on the field, and then we're back at it again. Spring ball 2018, heading towards the 2018 home opener. And Bobby Darren, our main man at ScarletNation.com, was there today. So Bobby, we're looking forward to hearing what you have to say about this 2018 Rutgers football squad. How are you doing? I'm good. Looking forward to elaborating on it. And uh, yeah, this is the earliest start for spring practice that I've been a part of since I joined uh, with you. Uh, I guess this will be the 11th season now. So a uh, very early start to spring practice. It seems like the offseason was a blur. I can't believe it's 11th year too, because I remember when you first came on board, my wife and I were talking to you, I mean, talking about you as the young guy and you were out dating and doing all those things. And now you're a married man with kids. And what happened to us, Bobby? Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I didn't get old. I got uh, domesticated. Let's put it that way. <laughs> all right. Well, let's start off by talking about the quarterbacks, because you know that's what everybody always wants to hear. Um, yesterday, actually, Coach Ash was saying, we're going to have a depth chart for sure at some point as we go through 15 practices from here on out. Who is one of the de- number one of the depth chart coming out of spring doesn't mean that You'll be the starter for the first game, but we'll have some sort of depth chart for sure. So I obviously fans want you to say who's going to be the starter, but I'm sure you can't say that. But what are you thinking right now? You know, um, it's still early. Uh, you know, guys are working through the kinks. It's a new system. Um, but but a guy to keep an eye on is Arthur Sikowski. I mean, you know, has all the tools, a strong arm. Um, if he can, you know, start to understand the offense and get things going, I, I think he's a guy to, to keep your eye on uh, moving forward. Now, I know he's the one everyone's excited about, four-star mm-hmm. freshman coming in, played at IMG Academy last year, formerly of Old Bridge. Fans are also excited about Jonathan Lewis. I think people have – somewhat in the fan base given up on Gio Racino, but I don't think they should. Can you tell me a little bit about those guys, Jalen Chapman, Tom Flacco? I mean, a lot of people to talk about for the first time in a long time, but I know you're high on Satowski right now. Anybody else who is catching your eye? You know, Jalen Chapman's an interesting uh, player. I, you know, the, the biggest question is, can he transcend his high school performance to the Big Ten level? It's an awful big jump, but he's had success. Um, I think it's going to come with, you know, his knowledge of the game, reading defenses. You know, he's a, he's a good passer. He doesn't have the strongest arm, though. You can really tell the difference, um, you know, throwing between him and Sikowski. Um, so I, I'm curious to see how he develops. Um, you know, he's a tough kid. He's confident. He's a leader. So, I, I mean, that that's a wait and see. Um, as far as the other guys, I mean, everybody's seen Gio the last couple of years, and he is, he is what he is. Um, you know, you're going to get the same thing. Um, you know, guys, tough, gritty. Uh, you know, not the best passer in the world, a decent runner, and and it's pretty much the same with him. Uh, Jonathan Lewis just have to improve improve on his accuracy passing the football. Um, you saw in some of the games last year, that's where he struggled, and and that has been an area of concentration in the off season, and, and that's what he's going to have to really work on this spring if he wants to come in and be the guy this year. Um, Tom Flacco, um, you know, kind of on along the lines of Chavin, where the, not the strongest arm in the world. Um, you know, he, he's got to really make the most of his reps. You know, he had a decent amount of reps in, in the Thursday's practice. But, um, you know, those reps aren't going to go around as much, you know, in, in a few weeks as they are now. I'm 
Coach John McNulty is trying to get a feel for these guys and see who he wants as his guy moving forward. And all of a sudden, when you get to that, you know, four or five spot in the quarterbacks, you're not getting much reps at all. So, you know, if Flacco wants to move up, he's really got to be lights out the next couple of weeks. But um, I see him on the outside looking in right now. And um, like I said, the guy that's got the most buzz now and, and, and even reports in, in, in the offseason have indicated that Sikowski is a guy that's really on the rise. Now, let's just have some fun here. I, I don't want to pretend that Rutgers is going for a freshman quarterback. Cause look, there are a couple guys with experience ahead of them. But let's just say it fell down to Sikowski and Chapman. I just think it's a really interesting dynamic here because Sikowski, when you see him play in a practice setting, he looks not like a four-star player. At least when I've seen him, he looked like a five-star player. Mm-hmm. Chapman does not necessarily pass the eyeball test in shorts and a T-shirt. Um, even sometimes in game situations. So I remember we had Marcus Hammond, quarterback guru, on the podcast. And I believe it was him who kind of gave, a, I guess, a little bit of a lukewarm assessment of Chapman, uh, mainly commenting on his uh, some mechanical things that he had to work on. Mm-hmm. And instantly our fan base kind of lost that steam for Chapman that they had on the message board. But you have these two people, Satowski, who has all the fundamentals, Chapman, who makes play after play in games, has put up big numbers, one at a high level. If you had to take a longer look at one of them to see the field this year, Bobby Darren, what does Bobby Darren look for? Well, I, I think you have to look at who's most ready to play, you know, who has the durability. And, and not only that, from, from who is understanding the defenses and, and the reads and making the checks and, and so much of the quarterback game is mental. And it's really not, you know, getting a grasp of it in the film room and in the meeting rooms and then putting it on the field and making that connection. It's tough for freshmen to do so. I mean, these guys have an advantage because they came in early, but, um, you know, it's all about connecting the dots and, from a physical standpoint, Sikowski's more ready to play, um, has the tools. I, I think Chapman could really benefit from a redshirt year because it, it would give him a year to get stronger, um, understand things a little better, and, and, and just really take his time acclimating to things. Uh, Sikowski has a more college-ready body right now, but I think it's going to come down to those X's and O's, you know, who understands things, who can read those defenses, who can make things work. And, and you know, one thing that's lost on it uh, is, you know, they don't have a, a group of all Big Ten wide receivers. So it, it's not like they can just chuck it up and have a guy like Leonte Carew running under it and make him look great. So, um, you know, it, it, it's going to be a challenge for these guys, you know, stepping in as true freshmen. And the fact that there's still a lot of unprovements at wide receiver, although I, I very intrigued about uh, Eddie Lewis, uh, put some weight on. I've always liked him as a prospect, but uh, I thought he looked really good uh, in practice on Thursday. All right, we'll get to that in a minute. I, you know, going back a few years, the every time Rutgers struggled offensively, people were saying, "Free the rocket, DeAntoine Williams." Everyone thought Rutgers had some type of superstar sitting on the bench that they weren't using. And another year, another rocket <laughs> on the on the bench that fans are clamoring for. And we've seen the same thing at basically at every position in recent years. But this year, with one, two, three, four, five people vying for that quarterback spot. You know that if Rutgers doesn't come out firing on all cylinders, there's going to be a vocal core of people. And instead of just clamoring for one person like the Rocket, I mean, I could see people clamoring for Geo, Jonathan Lewis, Flacco, Chapman, Satowski. 
it's going to be interesting on the message board this season, don't you think? Yeah, and you know, it's funny because the, the backup quarterback is always one of the most popular players on the team. But, you know, these coaches, they're not going to put a guy out there who's not going to give them their best chance to win. Uh, you've watched the offense the last couple of years. It's, it's been very sluggish, um, you know, and at times it's just been, you know, tough to watch. So they're not going to sit a guy who gives them the best chance to win. Uh, you know, they're going to look at everything from, from – understanding the offense to the on-field performance to the leadership and and they're going to put out the guy who has the best chance to win I mean John McNulty's coming from the NFL too I mean this guy's got a great coaching pedigree he's going to put the best guy out there now one of the fans on the message board I'm scrolling through right now I can't see it so I apologize if you're out there listening um, and I'm not mentioning your names but he said yesterday for you to ask coach whether he's going to allow some more tackling in practice because one of the you know, commentary, you know, one of the comments that fans have made in the past is a quarterback might look great in shorts and a t-shirt, but when he has somebody in his face trying to tackle him, it might be a different story. Do you see Coach Ash changing his policy on contact in a practice, or is it going to be the With quarterbacks? Quick? No, I mean it's too risky. Uh, you know, it's even risky at other positions, especially when you're not that. You know, you don't have a whole lot of depth in certain spots. Um, you're trying to cut back on contact with a lot of a lot of guys. So uh, the quarterbacks know that they're, they're not going to let them get touched. All right. Well, let's move on to the running backs. Uh, yeah, uh, you were mentioning on the message board. You said I also see what Ash mentioned about Isaiah Pacheco. He has the same burst I remember seeing in high school, and that has translated into the college game. I know he is a player that you have been excited about at the running back position. Can you comment a bit on him? Yeah, just uh, very explosive. Um, like I said, it's still early. They still don't have the pads on yet. But but a guy who who has that excitement, you know, he comes through the hole and and you can just see the the the, the burst on it. And and that's one thing when we evaluate running backs. And, and personally, I always look for that burst. I mean, you know, it's, people send us film. Oh, this kid had two thousand yards at this high school. But you know, it, it's tough to make it in the Big Ten in any college in the FBS level with without that burst. And and that's what I see out of Pacheco. You know. Um, the other stuff, you know, you can learn things, but if, if you don't have that burst, it's just, you know, it's not going to happen. And also, you know, staying on the running backs, Raheem Blackshears, you know, he's very dynamic. You saw the same quickness out there that, that fans saw last season. And, and then Jonathan Hilleman coming up, I, he wasn't as, as explosive as I remember him in high school. I was always a big, um, I was always big on or high on him. And, um, you know, still looked, de- like I said, not, not in pads yet. So they were running plays, but, um, you know, I, I thought Pacheco had the better burst. You know, my contacts over at the Boston College program suggest that Hilleman might not be as fast as he was coming in to the college game. Have you heard anything about that, too? Yeah, you know, I've heard he had some injuries and it might have slowed him down. And, um, you know, no shame, though. He had, you know, he was running behind A.J. Dillon last year. The freshman was just he's just a phenomenal player. But, um, you know, that might have, you know, that wear and tear on running backs. um, It's it it takes its toll. I mean, but he's had over twenty two hundred yards at the college level. So, um, you know, that's no small feat. Um, You know, I'm curious to see how he fares in pads, but um, definitely was was impressed more with uh, Pacheco. Checo's burst. Moving over to the offensive line, uh, in your report today on the message board at ScarletNation.com, you mentioned Jonah Jackson was not practicing on the O-line and starting guards Zach Vineski and Nick Crimmon while Mike Maietti is at center. You said Tarek Cole and Kamal Seymour are still the starting tackles. Mm-hmm. Can you comment a little bit about just the personnel over there on the offensive line, what you've seen thus far? You know, I wouldn't read too much into the early offensive line. Um, 
you know, uh, lineup because they, they tend, tend to switch it, especially when there's no provens in those interior guard positions. Jonah Jackson will be at one of the guard positions. It looks like they like Maetti at center. So that opens up a competition at the other guard position, and I think that's one that might be ongoing through the spring, and, and it might even go into the summer. So um, that's one that, you know, and they didn't even have pads on today, so uh, you can only do so much with those linemen in, in those drills. But I, I think that other guard position is just going to be an ongoing competition, and 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 really to see who develops and and who wants it. Um, I think Marcus Applefield might have been the best uh, guy for the job this year. He transferred out, but um, you know, AJ Blazek's going to have to develop some of those guys, and and we'll see uh, what happens. But um, that that's a position to watch. Now, some fans on the message board mentioned that, you know, last year, John Hilleman didn't put up bad numbers, the kind of numbers if he was at Rutgers, fans would have been happy with. And it you know brings up the question to me, what type of offensive line he was running behind. Do you have any insight into that? You know, I, I didn't really watch any Boston College last year. And when you look at stats, I think it's important to, to get context um, how did the yards come? You know, did, did was he just playing backup duty? Was was did he have the holes and stuff like that? So I mean, um, yeah, I'd have to watch some film on Boston College before I can provide any any expert advice on that. Which offensive lineman are you most excited to see this year? I would like to. Well, I'm, I'm curious to see quite a few. I want to see how Raekwon O'Neal uh, plays in the summer after being here for you know about six months in, in the program. And he's going to do a lot of watching and learning in the spring. But uh, I'm also interested to see how Micah Clark and Sam Vretman uh, fare in in the spring and, and into the summer too, because those guys are are guys they expect to contribute. You know, they played them last year with the with the mindset that say, hey, you know, we're getting these guys ready. To, to get in there and contribute. So um, it's up to them now to go out and take the position. But um, it, like I said, still too early to tell because they don't even have pads on. So I think those those positions and those guys will either assert themselves or, you know, kind of just tote the line of mediocrity through spring. Uh, you know, it, it's just a wait and see. Now, uh, when you were talking about the standouts on the field today, you mentioned Trey Avery and Eddie Lewis. I think Eddie Lewis is a great example of why you have to trust the staff. If you recall, early in his recruitment, he was mentioned by everybody. Things seemed to be taken off. Fans were excited about him. And then Rucker started, I don't know, like shying away a little bit. We didn't hear much about him. And then ultimately we find out that he has to go off um, and do some other schooling before he could get over to Rucker's. But last year, the highlights looked great. Yeah. What do you think of him thus far? And what do you think after watching those highlights from last I, year? Know, I always thought Eddie was a really good player. Um, and the one thing, the one knock on Eddie was he was always very, uh, very slight build. Um, today, when I saw him out there, I, he looked like a different Eddie Lewis. He looked like he really put on some size, but still had that, that quickness to him. I really like him. I think he's a guy that could probably start this year and contribute and give Rutgers another weapon in the passing game, which they really need. Um, you know, there's there, there really was no wide receiver threats last year after Janarian Grant went down, and they, they really need someone to step up. So Eddie has a year uh, in post-grad, so, you know, he's a little older than the typical freshman, and he's a tough kid, and he's, he, plays confident, he plays with confidence, and uh, I just really like him. I think he's going to be a starter. Yeah, he's the type of guy that Rutgers hasn't had in a few years right now, and he's definitely somebody we have to keep an eye on. Definitely. And what about Trey Avery? What do you think? 
You know, he was he was ball hawk. He was he was on the field, and and uh, I think he's going to get a lot more playing time in the spring with Bless Austin not being there. And I think he's a guy who's going to come in and play a good role in that nickel spot. Um, you're going to see him in a lot of passing situations. Uh, just you know, he's a guy that was you know going to go to Ohio State when Chris Ash was there. You know, things didn't work out at Toledo, and here he is at Rutgers. I, you know, he might be one of those guys that turns out to be a steal in the long term. How much do we look into Blasson Austin not playing? Is do you see him coming back at full strike next year? You know those ACLs are, are, are tricky. I mean, it, it, you know everybody saw Adrian Peterson come back in six months in the NFL, but th- this guy was a freak of nature. People have to remember, you know, sometimes it takes a full year to really recover from that. So. Um, you know, it, it, again, I hate to say it, but it's a wait and see. How well does he heal? How well does he come back from it? Uh, it remains to be seen. You know, you would like to think, all right, he's going to come back. He's a great athlete. He's, everything's going to work out. But, you know, he tore a major ligament. So um, it, it's just a wait and see. If, if they don't, if, if things don't work out, they do have some depth there. Um, I, I still think he's a premier corner, an all Big Ten type corner. So um, he will be missed if, if, if he isn't 100%. But, um, you know, the, the staff and, and he is hopeful that, that things will turn out. But, again, it's a wait and see. Now, a lot of fans are concerned about that linebacker position. You mentioned that Tyreek Maddox-Williams is back. How big is that for the Scarlet Knights? Uh, you know, the staff really likes him, um, but, you know, he's he's coming off of ACL as well. So, uh, you know, it, it remains to be seen when he will be back to 100 percent. And, you know, they're doing some different things with that sand position. You know, they're moving Malik Dixon, who was a safety in junior college, up to that spot. Saheem uh, Simmons is playing there. So it, it, it's turning into like a hybrid type role between, you know, like a, a, a safety and a linebacker. So I'm curious to see how those guys fair when when the pads come on and they start hitting um you know are they going to be physical enough to play the run and still quick enough to play the pass um it's going to be interesting to see because it's a little change in the dynamic from what Rutgers traditionally had at the Sam linebacker position all right so let's go to the Scarlet Nation member questions here we have PDD he asks a big one so we're gonna have to refine this question a little bit he says John what players will have the most impact on the offense and defensive sides this year so, Bobby, let's kind of – why don't you give me one guy on each side who you're most excited about making a, you know, a big, a big mark, perhaps all Big Ten consideration? Hmm, good question. Um, you know, offensively, you have to go – one of the guys who, who's going to touch the ball a lot, I'd say, you know, there's candidates, but there's no front runners. Um, you know, I'm interested to see how Isaiah Pacheco affairs in, in the running game, but it's a lot to put expectations on a true freshman to carry your offense. I think Bo Melton is another guy who really needs to step up this year. Um, indications are that he's really, you know, progressing, but, you know, he's got to go out and do it. You know, former four-star, you know, he can't have five catches again this year. So I think those are two guys to really watch on offense. Defensively, you know, you have to look at the linebackers. So, you know, Trevor Morris and Deontay Roberts, um, those are guys that, that need to play big. And, and they had a lot of tackles the last couple of years, but I, I think you need to have quality tackles. You know, um, it doesn't help if you have 100 tackles when you're chasing guys, you know, down past the second level of the defense. So I think those two guys are ones to keep an eye on. And, and you know, Saquon Hampton, we've been saying for a couple of years, Chris Ash has been saying for a couple of years, this is an all Big Ten NFL type safety. Um, injuries have gotten in the way. So it, it's time, you know, it's his final year. And now it's his time to, you know, prove that. And um, uh, if he can stay healthy, I think he's a guy that you really have to watch to 
to really have a big year. Clear Screen 25 asks you, any of the redshirt freshmen develop enough to crack the two deep on defense? Defense? Um, you know, they didn't redshirt a ton of guys on that. Um, I think that a guy that you got to watch is Brendan Bordner, a guy that's going to contribute on the defensive line and be part of that rotation. Uh, Rutgers needs defensive linemen, and um, I, I think he's a guy that's going to step in there and, and be able to, uh, you know, to, to contribute, you know, it's still too early um, with Tawan Mason and Mike Tavertoff. They're coming off injuries. Those guys, I think, still have to put on some more weight. But uh, Bordner would be a guy that, that I would say, you know, to keep an eye on there. And Edwin Lopez is another guy that, that I'm curious to see in the secondary. RU Keystone asks, who has a bigger impact on offense this season, Jerome Washington or Bo Melton and why? You know, I think a lot of that's going to have to do with the offensive schemes. And last year, it was very favorable for the tight ends. You know, if if John McNulty uh, continues with that trend, I I think it'll be Washington. Uh, He's a guy, you know, had 28 catches last year and, you know, was a go-to guy. But, you know, does Melton emerge and and take over Uh, remains to be seen. But uh, I think it's it's going to have to do with a lot how McNulty uses the offense. But if I had to guess right now, I'd have to go with Washington just because of his track record and he's done it before and, and he's a big body and, and uh, he's proven himself, you know, both out had five catches last year. So um, if I had to wager a little bit, I'd go with Washington right now. Right. But if Melton is having a big season, then, you know, a lot of the problems on offense are being cured. Right, right. And and they, they need someone to step up there. But, um, you know, if if Melton's having a good season, it opens things up for Washington, too. So, you know, it, it kind of those two performances may go hand in hand. New are you? He asks, other than Wilkins and Batticke, what DL might have a big year or bigger than last year and make a difference? You know, um, Batticke looked very explosive to me today. Um I think he's going to have a really big year. You know, outside of that, uh, Julius Turner, I think you're going to see do some things this year at defensive tackle. Uh, curious to see how Elam Lumar does, too. Uh, he's, you know, being primed to take that next step and be a, a prolific pass, pass rusher. We'll see if it shakes out. Other than that, you know, it, it's going to be like a, a kind of like a rush by committee. So, um, in the early going, I'd have to go with Batticke as the guy to really watch on that D-line. I know he mentioned him, but I, I'd like to stress that, that that's going to be the guy, I think, that anchors that line, along with Kevin Wilkins, who I think also did a tremendous job last year. Now, are you chopping Ohio is asks a little bit about recruiters. And here's his question. He goes, how important is it for football recruiters to really connect with the parents of recruits, specifically the mom? So I guess, you know, when you talk to these recruits, how often do they refer to the connection that the recruiter has had on the parents you know it does play in it play a big role because there's been a lot of instances where a kid wants to go somewhere and the parents want them to go somewhere else and and you know sometimes at the end they have a tough time deciding and, and how that family dynamic is often determines where the kid winds up going but you know if if you get in good with the mom you're in pretty good there and especially with kids closer to to home if you're going with in-state kids in Rutgers and and you get in with the mom really well or the father and they like it and they feel comfortable and it's close to home, um, that's really a a big edge to have. But it it does play a role in it because, you know, like I said, we've had numerous, numerous um, instances with with recruits where they wanted to go to one school, parents want them to go to other, and, you know, how that settles itself ultimately determines where the kid went. But um, mom has usually has a pretty big voice. 
I recall the Joe Susan days back when he was the tight ends coach and recruiting coordinator. He might have been one of the biggest weapons for Shiano because if there was a player who uh, perhaps was looking at a school that was higher up the standards standings academically, Shiano would send him in. And often Susan could really make that connection with the parents and kind of express how Greg Shiano and his program were the right fit. I don't think I've seen the same type of person and presence in recent years. Have you, Bobby? Um, you know, you know Joseph's a little better than I did, but um, you know, I, I wouldn't mention one person as being, you know, that person who wins over parents. So um, you know, I'd have to defer to you on that one. All right. Um, well, here we go. Rutgers CC says, maybe already scheduled to be discussed, but I'd love to hear your take on RU basketball's per- tournament performance and where you guys see the program going from here. You know, I I thought, you know, after after watching some of the games at the end of the year, they had some injuries. I said, oh, it's going to be a quick end to the tournament. But Steve Pico can coach. He can get a lot out of his players, and he teaches, he gets them to really play tough. If he can ever stack that squad with a little bit of talent, I think he can really go far because he's just, you know, when, when you think the team hit a wall and, and you count them out, here they come back and, and, and they win two games in the Big Ten tournament and take, you know, a very good Purdue team down to the wire um, it's just a testament to his coaching and, and the toughness that he instills in his guys and and um I, I just think it's a great hire and if he can really you know start to stack that lineup uh, I think things could really take off for them if Corey Sanders comes back next year I think this not only is gonna be a winning season but definitely some type of postseason tournament I like Peter Kiss I think he's going to do well for them he has that I just like an edge to him. I, I watched a lot of highlights of him over the past few years. I've heard some good things from practice. Uh, Montez Mathis coming in. Man, but if Sanders could come back, I don't know. Bobby, what do you think? I think it would be huge um, if, if he came back. Um, you know, he wants to play in the NBA, but, you know, you look at it right now, and, and I don't think he's a guy that's going to get drafted. Uh, he can go overseas and make a lot of money uh, if that's the ultimate goal. But, um, you know, he's going to take a long, hard look at all his options. It would be huge for, for Rutgers to get him back. And I think it would be really advantageous for him to play another year for his draft status because he kind of solidified himself as a go-to guy at the end of this season. If he can take that and, and you know, improve upon that, he could really up his stock. I, I don't know if he has the, 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 the prototypical size, you know, for the game he likes to play at the NBA level, but – it would definitely give him a better chance with another year and, you know, picture a, a run like he had in a tournament that extends over a, a better part of the season. Uh, this year, I mean, you know, he had some great games, but there were some games where he was really cold. And I think if he can be more consistent, it, it can really boost his stock. Either way, he, he's, you know, he, he's destined to make a good amount of money, at least overseas. But, um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me either way if he came back, if he left, um, but I, it's another one. You know, I hate to say it, but it's a wait and see. I was a teenager the last time Rutgers made the NCAA tournament. And so perhaps I'm overstating this a little bit, but if Sanders leads Rutgers to the NCAA tournament next year, the guy will be a legend. He'll be remembered forever. And I don't know how important that is to a kid who just wants to get a paycheck. And I understand that I'd want that paycheck too. Mm-hmm. But if he does it, not, there's a bit, there'll be a big stage a lot of people watching. He will be the talk of the nation. Well, one of the talks of the nation leading Rutgers to the NCAA tournament. 
I'm hoping there's somebody in his ear. I'm sure there are plenty of people in his ear, but love to see him come back. So let's move on back to the football side. I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name. Oliver M, I guess. He says, minus no injuries. What's the best thing that could happen by the end of spring practice? Um, best thing is, is I, I think you could – you got to look at the offense. Um, uh, the best thing that could happen, I think, is is you have an established starter and you start to see wide receivers making plays because everybody has watched this team the last couple of years knows that the passing game is it's just tough and, and it's painful. And, 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 you know, from a fan perspective, it's not fun to watch a team that can't throw the football. Um, I think that would be the biggest positive of the spring. If, if they can come out and start, you know, slinging the ball downfield and you get some receivers, you get your Bo Melton, you get your Eddie Lewis's, you know, running up the field. And, and whether it's a Sikowski or, or, or one of the other quarterbacks really starting to connect with these guys, I think that would be the, the most positive thing in the spring. And it's something that this team really needs. Um, you know, they need to throw the ball downfield and, and, you know, look at some of the games last year when they're playing very good big 10 teams if they had a, a passing game, you know, some of those you know, closer games, they turn into wins. Well, we have a question about basketball from Are You On The Rise? But I'm going to hold that one for when we get BK and 118 in here to talk soon. So let's move down to the last question of the day. It's from Philofans, one of our board moderators. He says, what's the difference between teams like Rutgers, Maryland, and Indiana in terms of coaching quality, player quality, resources, et cetera? He says, obviously, we're behind Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, and Michigan State. But is there any reason we can't be above the other two? Has Maryland's recruiting recently been enough to elevate them? I, I think they're right along the same lines. I mean, Maryland has a, the Under Armour support with them, but you know they haven't taken off as a team where you're like, wow, this is this is a team that's really on the rise. Uh, you know, every time I've ever covered a game at Maryland, the, the fan turnout and support has been. Uh, you know, lukewarm at best, you know, so it, it doesn't seem like that's a school where the people are really gung ho about football. Um, you know, it, it, Rutgers is right there with all those middle of the pack, big 10 teams. I mean, you can go down the list, uh, you know, still a ways to go to get to those big dogs, like you said, but, um, you know, they're right there. There's no reason they can't, you know, out recruit, out play, out coach the Maryland's, the Indiana's, the Illinois of the big 10. All right. Before I let you go, Bobby, any closing thoughts on Rutgers as they enter Spring Ball 2018? Um, you know, this this is a telling year for, for Chris Ash. You know, year number three, he's got a lot more guys in there. The schedule sets up very favorably through the first half of the season. And, and I think one of the biggest keys, what we talked about, is getting that passing game going. Um, you know, all the other elements have to be in place, but – you know, you get a decent quarterback and it's the great equalizer. And it's something that Rutgers has been missing for the, you know, quite a while now. So I, I think that's needs to be an area of focus. And, and that's, you know, what's going to make a difference this year is if they can solidify that passing game, get some receivers that can do some things. If you have to use the tight end, if you have to use double tight ends, split out a guy like Travis Volkolek and, and Raheem Blackshear, um, you have to be creative and, and get that passing game going because I think that's going to be the key to this season. All right, Bobby. Thank you. We will catch you on the message board. Folks, if you sent a question in, we didn't get to answer it. Don't worry. We're always there on the roundtable at scarletnation.com. Uh, also, remember, if you want to get a text every single time there's a commitment or a big breaking news, all you have to do is text the word football. To 94253. If you want basketball text, text basketball to 
excuse me, are you basketball? Uh, I have to go back again. It's are you football to nine four two five three or are you basketball to nine four two five three? So where you'd put the phone number in, just type in nine four two five three. Are you football altogether? Are you basketball? And you will get texts every time something breaks. It's one of our most popular features on the site. I know you'll love it. And until we see you next time, thank you so much for being part of the scarletnation.com community. 